Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, April 6th, 5.58 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. We've got May corn futures down four cents at 7.55 and three quarters. December corn down one at 7.05 and a half. May soybeans up three and a half at 16.34 and a half. November beans down a quarter cent at 14.55 and a half. May Chicago wheat down 11 and a quarter at 10.34. May Kansas City wheat is down 12 and a quarter at 10.70 and a half. May spring wheat is down eight and three quarters at 11.03. Three. If you guys are listening on the podcast, as always, appreciate it, guys. Leave me a rating on that Apple app in particular. If you are watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like these videos, leave me a comment. All of those things will help me to grow this channel. If you guys need some additional assistance from me, go to my website. It is www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service. You will receive uh, my morning emails, which go out every business day before 6 a.m., all of my grain marketing recommendations, weather info, my daily my daily. Uh, subscriber only videos. Uh, when you click the subscribe button, guys, it takes you to a PayPal link. And I had a couple questions about this. Uh, you don't need to have a PayPal account. There's an option that allows you to just pay with a debit or credit card uh, without setting up or having a PayPal account. Just a quick heads up. I did a video yesterday regarding upside corn and soybean targets. And I looked at some uh, longer term charts, real long term, going back 20, 30 years, and tried to identify some potential targets. I threw some really crazy numbers out there. Uh, these are not projected or predictions uh, by me, just a, a, a couple of possibilities in regard to what could happen if this bull market continues in corn and soybeans. So if you'd like a copy of that video, sign up for the premium deal today, guys. It's 50 bucks a month. Cancel it at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Up to 15 million metric tons of corn is stuck in Ukraine. That's 590 million bushels. Bloomberg reports that uh, essentially more than half of the country's expected exports for the marketing year are stuck. Uh, USDA is projecting 27.5 million metric tons of exports, and they actually reduced that number last month. Typically, this corn would have made its way to key ports uh, via rail. The ports are shut down, and only a small amount of grain is moving west via rail. So they're trying to move this uh, grain west via rail toward Europe. The rail system is inefficient, though. The sizes of the actual track changes when you get to these uh, borders of the European countries. Ukrainian rail cars are from the Soviet era, and uh, they're just not the same size. So this is a huge mess. Uh, Ukrainian grain exports are limited to about one-tenth of pre-war levels, according uh, to this Bloomberg article here this morning. And I suppose that that number could be off by uh, a little bit of a margin in either direction. But this is uh, a big, big problem, just a ton of corn uh, stuck there. Same deal with wheat. Uh, Ukrainian grain traders have asked the country's government to cancel wheat export restrictions. This was a quote from the Ukrainian Grain Traders Union. About 12 million tons, 440 million bushels, of wheat are still stored in Ukraine while less than three months are left before the new harvest. And the domestic consumption can be about one and a half million metric tons. So essentially what they're saying here is that they've got plenty of wheat to go around. Um, they don't need to restrict wheat uh, exports to any degree, and they'd like to start moving. But I suppose that these same issues with the port closures and the rail would affect wheat as well, even if they were to uh, start to increase exports. So a lot of uh, messy stuff here when it comes to Ukraine and, and grain essentially being kind of stuck in the country. 
Uh, on the U.S. weather front, parts of the Corn Belt, parts of the Plains will see rain over the next week. During the next seven days, a lot of the Corn Belt's going to see like an inch of rain. You look at Iowa, Wisconsin, or uh, Minnesota, uh, Illinois, uh, Indiana, some areas further south. A little bit of South Dakota is going to see some rain. A little bit of Nebraska. Southern Plains still notably dry. Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas into Nebraska. Uh, there is some rain slated kind of in the extended forecast for a lot of Nebraska and South Dakota in particular. Still not any real excellent degree of relief here for the Southern Plains. So kind of a mixed bag, but the Corn Belt wetter um, as we get uh, closer to corn planting in these uh, key U.S. corn growing areas. U.S. Treasury markets continue to tumble and lower bond prices or Treasury prices, of course, result in higher interest rates. The average U.S. 30-year mortgage rate hit 5% for the first time since 2011 this week. I think there were a couple of days in 2018 where that happened, but essentially first time since 2011. Uh, the average 30-year mortgage was 3.8% at this point last year. CME 30-year bond futures hit their lowest level since March of 2019 on a continuation basis this morning. 10-year note futures traded their lowest level since December. December of 2018, uh, most lenders use that 10-year as the as their benchmark when setting loan rates. The expectation for several more rate hikes from the Fed this year, paired with the with the idea that the Fed will begin selling off its massive balance sheets, which is mostly U.S. Treasuries, has caused the Treasury market to tumble. The Fed's Brainerd made some hawkish comments yesterday, indicating that she expects a rapid rise in rates and a rapid balance sheet runoff in order to bring U.S. monetary policy to what she. Calls the more neutral position. Yield on the 10-year U.S. Treasury hit 2.63% this week after bottoming at 0.3% in March of 2020. So this translates to higher borrowing uh, costs across the board. I mentioned mortgage rates, but I mean, this translates into operating money. I mean, anything you need to borrow money for is is becoming more expensive. This balance sheet runoff is, is a concern because, you know, to run off the balance sheet, the Fed needs to sell bonds, essentially. And I'm not sure that the market has the uh, buyer's available to accommodate uh, these massive bond sales that they're planning on. So the market's kind of front-running that deal to some extent. They're front-running the idea that uh, we're going to see several more rate hikes from the Fed. We do have another USDA report on Friday. This is the April crop production and WASD report. This is an old crop report. We don't see our first set of new crop balance sheets uh, for all three crops until May 12th. So traders expect in this report slightly lighter U.S. corn and soybean carryout estimates for this current marketing year versus last month. Month. The wheat carryout estimate may rise just slightly. Traders will watch for any indication of how USDA will handle the Ukraine situation. They made some minor adjustments last month. You may see some more this month. In addition, you're looking for any adjustments to the South American crop projections. Uh, this report is typically not associated with as much volatility as, say, last week's report or even that May WASD report, but always the chance for a surprise when uh, USDA puts out a new set of numbers. The cattle market was sharply lower yesterday, and feeder cattle really took a bath as well. Uh, the boxes were higher, and uh, cash trade was just kind of light at 138 yesterday. In the outside markets, the U.S. dollar just marginally higher. The S&P is down 32 points. Uh, the Dow Jones down 180. Bonds are off uh, sharply. We've got gold down just a couple bucks, silver down a couple bucks, crude oil is up $1.70 at 103.66. Everybody have a great day today. I'll talk to you guys same time tomorrow.